is Petticoat Rule, a program about musical productivity examined through the storytelling lens of women in the music industry. Erica Lang, and let me introduce producer Tara Molesworth. Hello. And our guest today is Melanie Stangle. Hi. Send it underground. If it comes around, uncomplicated look on your face because he says your sincerity is embarrassing. Melanie Stangle is a little bit different of a guest for us today. While she does occasionally perform as a singing guitarist, she is most well known in the Pittsburgh music scene for her exceptional music journalism. Her music writing appears in the online and in-print news source Sound Scene Express, where you can find a multitude of her articles in the form of album and concert reviews and previews. Her focus is local music, and as such, she attends many, many shows. In fact, she is a face in the crowd at so many events in Pittsburgh, you may start to wonder if she ever sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> Through her writing, you can tell that she strives to connect with the intention of the artist, and then to share that connection further with her readers. Her descriptions of music are vivid and incredibly detailed. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> You're true. laughing because it's true. <laughs> yes. And she has made many a musician blush with her lush portraits of their melodious creations. <laughs> you know it's true. <laughs> Melanie is an accomplished young female writer, having been previously published on Huffington Post Women and Feminspire.com. And Pittsburgh's thriving music scene is enriched by the fortune that she has tuned her eyes, ears, and journalistic talent in its direction. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Okay, so today we're going to talk to Melanie about her pathway to becoming an immersive music journalist, a career track to which many aspire but find difficult to launch. Along the way, we'll also hear about her own developing musicianship and hopefully find out her secret to squeezing it all in, <laughs> which may be no sleep. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. We're, we're really excited to have you because, um, you know, we want to talk to people who are involved, women involved in music in all different aspects. And you're of course also a musician, but, mm -hmm. um, like you, the way you really impact Pittsburgh through your writing has been really cool. Thank you so much. I mean, it, music and writing are both things that I've been passionate about, uh, separately for most of my life. And um, it just made sense to put them together. Honestly, I don't know why I didn't do it any sooner, but I, I love it. <laughs> uh, when did you when do you consider yourself having started doing it? So um, my first article was published in Sound Scene Express um, April tw in April 2016. And how that kind of came about was um, I still do sell merch for this local band called Balloon Ride Fantasy. Um, at their shows and that's that was kind of how I started going to local shows and knowing about all these local bands and um, 
Balloon Rock Fantasy played at Soundscene Express's Best of 2015 Awards, uh, where they also won Album of the Year. So I was there at that show to sell merch for them. And uh, Randy Jaraz, who's the uh, editor and kind of owns Soundscene Express, um, was obviously there. And he was a fan of Balloon Ride Fantasy and came over and started talking to me at their merch table. And um, I was very grateful that he was supporting a band that I loved. And uh, he got to tell me what he did. And um, I mentioned that I write. And he kind of said offhand, oh, you should write for me. Um, And I kind of agreed at the time, but I, I had a lot on my plate. So I didn't take it super seriously. Um, until a couple months later where I was at a meeting of important people show mm-hmm. at Pittsburgh winery. Another and, one of your uh, favorites, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> and, um, I just it kind of, I kind of got reminded of that idea, um, because the show was kind of so enjoyable musically. And also, um, Josh is a very funny, engaging guy. So I just kind of started taking notes about the set lists and things that were said and kind of the whole ambiance and everybody seemed to really be enjoying themselves and I uh, I wrote it up and I emailed it to Randy and that was that was my first article and it just kind of has grown uh, ever since then so let me get this straight so <laughs> he approached you and you said oh yeah maybe and then mm-hmm. and then just sort of casually later you wrote something and you sent it to him just sort of like well yeah he said he maybe would want to read this so I yeah I'm just sending it pretty much yeah yeah well, there you go <laughs> One of the and, secrets uh, to success is just do it and send it. Sometimes the germ of an idea, you know, gets gets planted early and it doesn't, you know, bloom until a little bit later. And that's kind of what happened here. And um, at first it, I was kind of not as involved. I would do an article, maybe a couple articles a month or something like that. But I it just kind of was organic how it grew because I realized that I loved it. And there were so many um great talented musicians in Pittsburgh that I wanted to write about and so many shows that warranted it. And, um, so you started two or three a month. What is your monthly average now? Oh man. <laughs> well, it's kind of declined uh, a little bit recently because I'm back on the, the actual paying job hunt, which oh, is right. not a fun place that to be. Thing. But, Ugh. um, earlier, uh, in this year I was averaging like around two pieces per week, um, on varying um, depths, like in like varying lengths, and um, like how deep I would go mm-hmm. and how long they were, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, about between eight and ten per month was like my wow. most uh, active, wow. and um, I also co-edit now as opposed to just writing. What so is, what does that entail? So I will, uh, I look over the monthly print edition and fix typos and kind of make sure that everything looks good mm. and, and reads well. And, um, when, when I can, I will go over other, uh, we have other contributing writers mm-hmm. and I will like look over their pieces and for the same thing, kind of typos and flow and everything else like that. And I will, and Randy and I frequently talk about, um, like which stories we want to feature mm-hmm. and I'll bring in my own ideas and it's kind of a, a back and forth, like. Sometimes he'll ask me to do things and sometimes I'll ask him, you know, to do things that uh-huh. I that I come across. And um, yeah, I just I. How do you decide what's the uh, what's the feature? <laughs> it's hard because right now I also have access to the um, the email account and there we just get bombarded with people looking for coverage. Oh, and, you know, I, I wish I could, you know, pay attention to them all. But when it's uh, when it's a volunteer effort, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, 
you know, there are there are certain acts that I that I personally really love and speak to me. And then there are other things such as music festivals that involve the, you know, the community at large and are, you know, obviously important. And um, so it's a combination of kind of like our judgment of what um, has the largest reach to the community and what speaks to us personally. Mm -hmm. Wow. So when you were writing that first article (laughs) um, and you took all those notes, I I find it interesting the things you're picking up on. It's not just the music. It's it's like the way Mm -hmm. the atmosphere, like the people, how they were interacting with the music also, not just you, but the crowd. and Absolutely. Yeah. All that go into Mm -hmm. your review. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because for me, obviously, concerts are mainly about the music, but that's not that's not everything. It's it's a whole it's a whole experience. If you just wanted it to be about the music, you could pop in the CD. Sure. But live, there's um, every show is different, and and so um, I like to kind of communicate what exactly was great about this about this night in this setting with these people. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that will encourage anybody who reads it to maybe, oh, maybe I should go and check that out next time. Gee, it's so nice, you know, because <laughs> it's so hard to get people to go to shows. It's true. It's true. Yes. And um, maybe it's easier to get people to buy music. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but it's nice to have someone promoting not just the music, but the live music experience. Absolutely. Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it, it can be hard to kind of just to even break even just selling your music, touring and, and doing live shows and selling merchandise is also a really important part of musicians, you know, income. Definitely. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> original music doesn't make money. I think it's like most of right. most of it. Um, but, but I guess you know that too, because you were saying earlier that you don't mm-hmm. get paid to do this, right? No, no, I don't. Um, the few people who, you know, who do get paid to write about music in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, people who work for city paper and Pittsburgh post Gazette, Scott Mervis, Meg fair. They're not giving up their jobs anytime soon. And, yeah. um, <laughs> we've been, um, Randy and I have been kind of brainstorming ideas to try to, to monetize sound a little bit more. We do have, you know, ads currently on the website and in the print edition, and that helps us break even, but we're still not quite to the point where, uh, where we're paying I, randy doesn't get paid for this at all and he he puts it's, in a lot of work it's his brainchild yep it's our, it's kind of both of our passion projects at this point right yeah like it sounds like you're like equivalently working on it i would say um if this doesn't sound cocky or anything but i i would say i'm like second in command yeah at right. Sound you're um, which is a nice place to be honestly you're you're like he's captain picard and you're Riker. <laughs> you know if, if you're a Trekkie, oh, yes. I'm a Trekkie. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I've seen a little bit of uh, Star Trek. Not that much, though. <laughs> well, uh, Riker was cool because he played trombone. So, so you have that special connection with him. I have that special connection with him, yeah. <laughs> I always think, am I, am I sexier than Riker right now? I'm not Important sure, questions to he's ask. He's like yes. the sexiest trombone player ever. Um, anyway, <laughs> Trekkie things aside. <laughs> Um, so, okay. So you, you don't get paid to do the writing. What about going to all those shows? Do you run out of money going to all those shows? To be honest, if I had all the money that I've ever spent on concerts in my life, I could probably have a car at this point, but I don't. Um, um, sometimes if I'm covering a show or if I am friends with the person performing, they'll Mm -hmm. put me on the guest list, which, which helps. Um, but it's not with every show and, um, 
so yeah, I would say I've put I put a fair bit of of my own money into it, but this is you know this is what I eventually want to do for a career. So um, and it's it's also fun. So for me, it's worth it. It's a labor of love, exactly. And you're building just like an enormous portfolio. Oh my god! Do you even know what number of articles you've written total? For over something? over fifty. Over, over 50, fifty, probably closer to sixty at this point. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's like. It's it's really just so for the listener to try to understand and appreciate. Like it's true how in depth Melanie goes in the writing. Like it's so deep and like she wrote once about my band and we were all just like, Oh my god, she listened she listened. <laughs> she like heard all the things and like, you know, noticed all the stuff and people don't listen or notice all those things or they don't tell you about it anyway. Um mm-hmm. it, it's like it's not like just you didn't just listen, you then you wrote it all down and and other people could read that and it's like it is it does make you blush it's just so flattering you know thank you you know i so like sometimes to- I'm a little embarrassed at how long wind did i get but <laughs> it's a uh, I, I you know i just i want to convey as accurate a picture as i can mm-hmm. so so to write 60 50 60 articles of that density of of content mm-hmm. like i just hope people like reading them <laughs> especially the longer ones <laughs> i've read i've read a lot of them really thank yeah, you i have yeah <laughs> Um, I might embarrass you later by reading a quote from one of them. That's all right. Thank you for the warning. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, so okay. So I have so many different questions about the the process and everything. Sure. Um, like, you know, you must get really exhausted. Yes, uh, I would. Yeah, I would say so. Um, the most exhausting things to write are it would be a toss up between the album reviews and the concert reviews just because, you know, for things like previews and stuff, it's kind of more straightforward journalism in the sense that I'm interviewing people mm-hmm. and and previewing an event. But when you're when you're reviewing something like, you know, a concert or an album there, it's it's all you don't get any help from anybody else. It's it's all, you know, what you're noticing and what you're paying attention to and what you've written down. Um, How many times do you like listen to the tracks on an album when you're writing the album reviews? At least it it varies, but never less than like six times. Mm -hmm. Like I never have listened to an album less than six times, like before I am satisfied with my review. And then is it just like stuck in your head for like, (laughs) (laughs) it's funny. Um, Sometimes, yes, but once I get an album review out, I usually have to put the album down for a while just mm-hmm. because it has been such kind of an exhausting oh, the earworm. process. Yeah. Exactly. It makes your neurons tired. <laughs> and like I, I usually do come back to it um, eventually, but I need a break from it for a little while. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention, too, that the, the time that you wrote about Working Breed, mm-hmm. we didn't know. I didn't know who you were. We didn't. None of us <laughs> knew who you were. And you were just like sitting in the front all by yourself mm-hmm. and you were like taking notes yeah and you were like who's that guy <laughs> taking notes like who is that if you i know? didn't take notes i would never remember everything that i needed okay to. so taking notes is a big part of the process at least for show reviews yes. Mm-hmm. yes i mean like you were like scribbling like and we were like wow she must really like it <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i feel like a bit of a dork doing it but no, it's great. it's worth it in the end. So it is. It is totally <laughs> worth it in the end. You make a nice product with it. Thank you. How about time management and everything with you? Like you must have looming deadlines and things like that. Sure. Well, the the nice thing about um, 
you know, not not getting paid for this is that I do have a little bit of flexibility in terms of when I turn things in. Um, obviously for things like festivals and albums, you want to get those out, you know, as close to the release date as you can, or in the case of, uh, festivals and be a few days ahead of time. Um, but, um, in general, you know, if, if something comes up and I can't put up an article, uh, when I said originally that I was going to, I'll just let Randy know. And it's usually not a big deal mm-hmm. uh, because he understands that, you know, if I'm volunteering, I can't always fit everything sure. in. Yeah. It's just, I got to remark that like Sound Scene Express is really well done for being an unfunded entity. This is a very kind of from the ground up independent uh, endeavor. So it's, I'm really happy with, with what we've done with it. For yeah, sure. it's cool. So, okay. So you have a musical background mm-hmm. and you have a writing background. Yes. Um, when you... Went into writing, where did you think you were going to go? To be honest, I wasn't entirely sure. I knew that writing was probably the thing that I was best at. And I knew I wanted to do something involving writing. Um, I just wasn't sure exactly what that was until I started writing for Sound Scene. Um, before before I got into music journalism, I um, when I was in my uh, late teens and early 20s, um, I wrote about... Um, kind of feminist issues, hence feminspire.com. Mm-hmm. And um, those were, you know, kind of more editorial, social analysis, um, leaning. And I and I did enjoy that. And I, I think I made good pieces with it. But, um, and I'm not opposed to eventually doing it again if the opportunity presents itself. But my primary goal now is, is the music, music journalism specifically. Mm-hmm. What's your music background like? Well, did, you, did you grow up in a musical family? Absolutely, yes. Um, I actually uh, currently co-host an open mic night um, with my dad at Moon at oh. Starlight Lounge over in Blonox. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's the one who who got me into music. Um, he taught me how to play guitar. Uh, he oh, got me wow. singing when I was four years old. Um, so it's it's really kind of been a part of my life uh, for almost as long as I can remember in some way or another. Um, and I also was in choir all through middle and high school and the first two years of college. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I when I was young, I thought I thought I wanted to be a rock star. That was like that was the dream was job the when thing. I was ten. Yeah, and uh, and then I started growing up and realizing just how much work and how hard it is to to try to make to make it as a as a musician so props to you guys honestly for for oh. going for it I'm, I'm really impressed because i'm just willfully ignoring this thing <laughs> <laughs> because yeah no you think can't I'd do it if i thought about it too hard you know <laughs> right no i mean because you can't just be a musician you have to be you know you have to promote yourself you like there's there's so much more to, to it and so many other people are trying to do the same thing and i guess in a sense you could say that's true for music journalism as well yeah I but think so. um I feel I feel like my inclination is just a little stronger towards the writing side. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's makes, just like you are a writer, you write. Yeah, exactly. It's what you do. Exactly. But yeah, so I've been listening to music, playing music um, for almost my entire life. So what age did he start teaching you guitar? I was ten. Ten. So yeah, I've been playing for for fifteen years. Wow. Although I uh, I haven't necessarily. Uh, taken it as seriously as as some people i've never had lessons unfortunately i I would like to take them so it's it's always kind of been a hobby thing Mm -hmm. so i'm not quite as good at the at things like finger picking or super fast solos as i would like to be but i can accompany my voice and that's my primary concern oh yeah i know it's really cool so like 
like you have a YouTube channel and you can see all these videos. <laughs> yes. Everybody go to Melanie's YouTube <laughs> oh, channel. Don't look at the ones that are older than like two years old, please. <laughs> they go back like seven years. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, and you do all these. They're all, they're all covers on the YouTube, right? There's there's one original song, but um, from that I posted like five years ago. But that song has changed so much since I recorded it that it's mm-hmm. not even really that much the same so it yeah it, essentially they're all covers yeah it's evolved exactly um do you um, figure out those arrangements of those covers like that is that like your invention to work on well sometimes um sometimes i do um if like for i've covered a couple of local songs like a couple meeting with important uh, people songs. yeah i wanted to mention that it's so cool <laughs> like i don't know how many people do that cover local local band i uh i don't know either um and then i've covered uh, excuse me i've covered a nevada color song and I just recently, I figured out a Paul Luke song, mm-hmm. and I recently figured out an Emerson J song. Um, but for, so those I kind of um, play it by ear mm-hmm. and um, and figure it out on my own. But uh, for the more popular covers, I will look at ultimateguitar.com and get yeah. the chords. And figure it out from there. <laughs> yeah, See, exactly. I can't even do that. <laughs> so I really love that you cover local Pittsburgh musicians. That's really neat. Thank you. And so, uh, and also you've done backup vocals for uh, people on their albums or something like that. Gavin McCall. Yes. Um, as a local musician, you you sang for him. Yes. Um, I met him through through open mic nights and he would come to my um, open mic night. Uh, it's currently at Starlight Lounge. It used to be at Moondogs, which mm-hmm. is just a couple buildings over uh, in Blahnox. And um, he was recording an EP and he asked if I wanted to to come sing backup. And I was like, absolutely. And that was my first and so far only time um, being professionally recorded vocally. So you um, went into a studio and did the whole thing. It was a home studio, so not uh-huh. like a proper studio. Yeah. But um, his his roommate and best friend uh, was a sound engineer for a living, so mm-hmm. he knew what he was doing. And I'm I'm pretty happy with how the the finished product came out. And I would definitely be interested in doing something like that again if the the time and the money were ever uh, available. Mm-hmm. Those are always the the caveats, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So is your dad super engaged that you are a music writer now too? Oh yes, yes. He's extremely supportive. Um, he uh, he has this Facebook page called Open Mics Open Hearts. He his eventual goal is to do a documentary about the Pittsburgh open mic and original music scene. Ooh. That's kind of how we got started with our open mic. And um, he has about five hundred followers on that Facebook page, and he'll he'll regularly share Sound Scene Express stuff and mm-hmm. be like, "Go Melanie!" And it's really cute. <laughs> open mic, open hearts. Open mics, open hearts. Open mics, open he'll hearts. He'll be so stoked that I'm promoting it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Open mics, open hearts. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of open mics all around Pittsburgh, and I guess you've, played, Definitely. you've probably played at a lot of them then. Um, I played at a few of them um, with the sound scene stuff. Like I used to play at more of them before I got involved with sound scene, but afterwards, um, there just there hasn't been the time that I would like. Sure. I played at Hambones uh, open mic night a couple times. I played at Acoustic Cafe once, um, and then of course my own every single week. And uh, I, I would like to do it more for sure. Because um, you're right, there are a lot around town. So you're also, um, I I think I detected um, through social media that you have gotten a Ken and Rebel. That is true, yes. So are you branching into concert photography now, too? Absolutely. Um, so um, up until I got this camera back in uh, November of last year, 
all of the photos that that I was contributing were taken on my Samsung Galaxy S6, yeah. which sometimes produce okay shots, but you know it's a, it's a smartphone, so there's a limit to to how good they are. And mm -hmm. photography is kind of something that's always been my stress free creative outlet. And um, but I've always loved it, and just the practice, even though I wasn't using a proper camera, just the um, the process of taking photos over and over again kind of sharpened my sense of framing and composition. And uh, so I had a little bit of extra student loan money last uh -huh. semester. And <laughs> on Black Friday, I went and I, I got myself uh, a Canon Rebel T6i. And, uh, and then I took a photography class at Pittsburgh Filmmakers oh, cool. uh, this past spring semester. And that was so those were two really, really good decisions because like now I'm actually producing decent, like like properly decent images. Like And uh, it's a lot of fun. I like being able to do both sides of it. Yeah, no, it's it's an awesome addition to your arsenal of exactly, and I figure you know that eventually, like I said, I would like to to make money off of this, and if I can also photograph the shows as well as write about them, that's just another you know another thing that will hopefully appeal to mm -hmm. any potential future employers. Yeah. So how <laughs> what is the pathway from here? Like, how do you get to the to that? Is the next level getting paid for it, or what yeah, is the next level? There I would. That is that is the next level. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to make that happen exactly. Um, I applied for uh, City Papers Music Internship uh, this past uh, cycle of interns. Unfortunately, I I didn't get it. Um, wow. So I know what I was I was thinking? disappointed too. But uh, I mean. <laughs> But you know, a lot of as with anything, like you go through these cycles when you're coming from the bottom. You exactly, have to go through a lot of rejection to get to where you're going. That's very true, and I, you know, I definitely, you know, realize that. And I, no matter how long it takes, I'm, I'm going to keep trying. So I mean, you know. as a writer, you have to go through a lot of rejection, don't you? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, and, and so I guess the, the next level, like you said, is getting paid. And so even if it's a kind of a freelance basis, one of my goals for 2017 was to get one article published in City Paper. And hopefully I can make that happen because I do hire freelance writers as well. Mm -hmm. um, so so just as a person, like just just asking you about, you know, because this show is about creativity, but it's about mm -hmm. being productive too. Absolutely. And you're like a very... Um, prolific kind of, <laughs> in a prolific phase right now with mm -hmm. all of this writing mm -hmm. in, this, in a short amount of time I think yes um but really the the biggest driver of it is not so much like intrinsic from me as it is there's just constantly things happening in mm -hmm. Pittsburgh scene people are constantly releasing new music um there are new shows and festivals to to preview and to review and if there if there wasn't that much you know if there wasn't as much exciting new great activity consistently as there is in this scene that's absolutely exploded in the past few years then it would be it would be harder for me to be as productive as i am because right now i i almost have too much to do right you know yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> your plate is very full yes exactly so there's there's so much that there is more than enough um like for me to choose from that I that I want to write about, and so it's just mm -hmm. it just keeps going by itself. What do you think is most influential in being able to build and launch this kind of career path? Like, do you think it's connections, you know, like networking, or mm -hmm. just like 
just writing, writing, writing. So you practice and also like submitting and just like keep hammering away, hustling. I definitely think there, there are elements of both to it. Um, net- networking and connections are, are super important in anything related to a creative field, but I would say especially music. Um, and I definitely have made, you know, met a lot of great talented people um, who, who now, you know, recognize me and will reach out to me if they want something covered. Um, but yeah, definitely part of it too is just to, to keep going, even when it gets thankless, even when it gets hard, even when you just don't want to do it <laughs> sometimes. Um, what do you do when you feel like not doing it right now? <laughs> usually taking like just a little bit of a break, even if it's for, you know, an hour or sometimes a day, if necessary, just, you know, you have to give yourself the, the mental uh, space to to kind of come back to it with clear eyes because there definitely are times when I've been staring at a piece just thinking I need to get this done I need to get this done and there's this wall there mm-hmm. and even distracting yourself for a little bit going on a walk or, or something like that um, it it helps a lot so allowing yourself to to take breaks when you need to is super important mm-hmm. yeah yeah break time <laughs> we love breaks and like a lot of times even um, if that doesn't work even just writing about the like writing about the wall uh-huh. that's um kind of like i got that from my um freshman writing professor um who's this incredibly smart person i still keep in touch with him and uh his writing class was very challenging and i would go to his office hours and just be like i'm totally stuck i don't know what to do and he'd be like okay so you're hitting a wall right now right and i'll be like yes and he's like write about the wall and a lot of times just the act of of forcing yourself to write something will will kickstart an idea that wasn't there before mm. if that makes sense i love this <laughs> idea like a lot so what do you what does it look like you write about the wall so like say you're saying like i don't feel like writing this because i feel like it's total bullshit <laughs> is that like the kind of thing you write about like well no wall? it's it's what's like the wall? what's writing about the wall so like a wall let's say i'm doing an album review or something and and i'm listening to a song over and over again and i can hear what it does but i'm having trouble articulating what it does and how it does it musically and so you know i i what i want to do is is get that out and articulate it but i but i can't so I'll write about like one part of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, okay, I don't have to figure out this whole meaning right mm-hmm. now. Let me just write about the guitar or let oh. me just write about the lyrics. Oh. And um, a lot of times that kind of shorter focus breaks down that wall and, and, open, and opens up, you know, more of what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so interesting. I love that. And I think that's a really useful, that's a useful lesson. Like, I think I'm going to use this technique sometime. <laughs> Thank you, Kit Nichols <laughs> from NYU. <laughs> spreading, spreading the, um, the knowledge everywhere. Yeah, definitely. And NYU I, is where you did your, was it a journalism degree? Uh, no. So I, I spent my first two years of college, um, at NYU, um, and it kind of just got my my prerequisites done and did some writing classes there. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Uh, I had to leave because it was too expensive. Mm. Took a year off uh, and eventually this ended happens up. happens to so many people. <laughs> and I had to choose one of the most expensive schools in the country, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, took a year off, came here, um, started going to Pitt half time. 
And uh, I actually ended up getting a degree in history with a minor in creative writing because by the time I figured out that music journalism was what I wanted to do, I was already really into the history major. So it would have made no sense to just finish it. Right. right, Just finish it and you have you have the BA or whatever it is. Yes. Yes, exactly. Okay, now I'm going to embarrass you by reading an excerpt of something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is from your recent review of Action Camp, okay. which is a Pittsburgh band with uh, Ben Alexander and Maura Jacob. And Joe Trukowski. And Joe Trukowski is a recent addition as their drummer. So yes. the two of them have been playing together, um, and then they just added Joe, and they've been playing together a long time. Since 2006. Yeah, like I met them a long time ago, and they're they're <laughs> A great band. Very prolific. They They've released a, a lot yeah, of music. They really have. And they have a recent self-titled EP that was just released this August. And this is, I think, about the last track on the album. Mm-hmm. So you say, Nowhere is Action Camp's penchant for the dichotomy between loud and quiet moments clearer than in the EP's closer, Shaken All Over. Its entire first half is sparse, a single emotive guitar line, Jacob singing either along with it or by herself, and vocal harmonies appearing only during the title phrase. This bareness reflects the vulnerability articulated in the lyrics. The speaker describes how the person she's addressing affects her physically. Quote, When you move in right up close to me, that's when I get the chills all over me. Quivers down my backbone, I get the shakes in my thigh bone, shivers in my knee bone, shaken all over. End quote. The use of a whammy bar on the end of the guitar line is another musical mirror of the uncertain, dizzying effects the person has on her, evoking haze and confusion. But almost exactly halfway through, the band comes back in full force, indicating an acceptance of these intense feelings. Jacob's voice rises in power, matching the instruments. The cymbals roll in a brief few seconds of electronic atmospheric weirdness play out to bring the EP to a close. That's so evocative. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's like so many things going on. Like it's it's like you're, it's like you're describing describing the envelope of the experience of the song. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, but you're also like really like drilling down too into like specific things. So it's it's mm-hmm. like this. Thank it's kind of like a very you know masterful way to describe something and. I think thank you. I, I think uh, I think Morrow said she actually did blush when she read the review. So like I see why. Does everybody see why? <laughs> well, you know, we heard so much out of that. Music has always uh, affected me very strongly. Um, when I'm you know listening to it, I constantly listen to it, and so it, it's really a fun challenge for me to figure out how how it accomplishes that because I can feel what it does, but unless I'm really paying attention, I don't necessarily know how it does it. And so by viewing these albums, I, I kind of, I want to let people know how that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how, like, like the psychological experience of interacting Absolutely. with it. And, um, I've only ever, uh, had access really to, to an acoustic guitar and that kind of limits what I can do with my songwriting. So I, you know, I would love to, to have access to, you know, like a, a fuller band or just some kind of um, some kind of extra in- instrumentation um, as opposed to like what I have now. And, and so do you want to be in a band? 
Is that what you're May- saying? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it would it would be nice to have a larger palette. And, and so when I review, you know, these bands that make use of all these different elements and do it so masterfully, it's um, I would it, it helps me um, if if that opportunity ever, ever arises, I want to, you know, like I would like to be a better songwriter myself. Mm-hmm. So analyzing how these other people do it. This is what I was trying to articulate for a minute there. Your part studying how to do this kind of thing. Yeah. When yeah. you're listening so deeply to it. You're thinking also like you're studying how to incorporate all that stuff for your Definitely. Potential, potential future, future music. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. we're synchronized. It's weird. Hey. Maybe we should be in a band together. Maybe. <laughs> so now I just want to switch and talk a little bit about gender stuff. Absolutely. Uh, just to see if you have any thoughts about being a woman in journalism and if that what are there challenges associated with that? I mean, obviously you wrote for, you started writing in a sort of a feminist way, mm-hmm. right? For half post women and feminsire.com mostly. And, right. um, and so feminism must be something that's sort of important to you to begin with. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I haven't really, It's it's tough because I don't I don't know that I've seen any um, particular setbacks as far as me being a woman in journalism, but maybe there are effects that I'm not seeing. Maybe maybe someone in my position who was male would would have a certain easier time with things. Um, but I think that also has a lot to do with how kind of um, forward thinking kind of the Pittsburgh scene is in general. Not to say that there aren't things we could improve on because there certainly are. Um, but I don't, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with a time where I felt, um, kind of held back professionally mm-hmm. because of my gender. And I, I personally haven't noticed it, but again, that doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. And I will say that, um, female, female musicians are definitely not as represented um, oh, it was going to be my next question. Yeah. It's like you are <laughs> observing the music scene all the time. Mm-hmm. What's your observation about about that? Because it's a point of contention right now. People are talking about it. Definitely, definitely. You know, there there are so many crazy talented women in the scene. There's you know, there's you. There's Addie Twig at the telephone line. Brazilian Wax, Action Camp, Sleep Experiments. You know, there there. It's not that the talent isn't there. Um, but I, I think it's it's more so of a kind of a reflection of the music scene at large as opposed to people actively trying to make it this way. But, you know, music scene, there's a lot of white dudes. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's so, generally. So that, so that you're saying the genesis might be more in the distribution to begin with because some for some reason white dudes are given guitars when they're little kids. and then <laughs> Right. And um I think generally women have to do more to kind of, quote, prove themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, men are kind of inherently taken seriously a lot of the time, whereas there tends to be, and I'm not necessarily saying this is specific to the music industry, but arts and, and entertainment in general, um, there's a little bit of gatekeeping that, that women have to, like like I said, like prove themselves to, to be serious, mm-hmm. um, whereas men kind of, in general, of course, um, they're granted that without any question. So, but you don't feel that same kind of having to prove yourself in writing necessarily? I guess not. Um, because 
I guess because writing is kind of such an independent solo thing, um, I don't really feel the the competition in the same way that artists try like bands trying to get a spot in a festival or headlining spot on a stage or something Mm -hmm. it's 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 a different dynamic um musician like bands interacting it's much more kind of interpersonal and writing is a very solitary thing it's solitary and also like once it's out there the only thing that maybe would even necessarily identify your gender is is my first name your name after the by who you know by melanie so right like some people could read the whole article and not even realize a woman wrote this oh Oh. forget this let's question her credibility (laughs) (laughs) um but you ever had have you ever had any time though where you're just like i'm feeling like a woman right now i would say the the way I've I've felt that is that women are kind of we have to the the pressure is on us to be accommodating and to be nice and to be social and bubbly and make sure everybody else is comfortable. Um, so I would say I've maybe um, fallen into that pattern of you know. Being accommodating towards, right. towards, towards, yeah, and I'm not saying that being accommodating is nest like inherently a bad thing, but like we're more kind of pressured to forego saying what we want to say or doing what we want to do or saying, hey, no, I disagree, mm-hmm. even if you know we really do disagree and there's reason for that. Um, so kind of falling into more of the um, like, let's make sure, let's let's keep the peace, let's make sure you know everybody's like getting along. And that and having that be like driving, you know, what I say or do more mm-hmm. than like that maybe another goal that might be more, you know, important or right. what I want to get across. Yeah, it's like a, I guess like um in the realm of reviewing, right? Like mm-hmm. uh it's hard to give a bad review because it makes someone sad. <laughs> right. Right. So what do you, so and like this plays also against like the natural expectation or urge in women to be to nice. Keep the peace and play nice and only only say nice things because right. you know, you're afraid of something. And it's right. yeah, and it but there's also like I don't want to you know, I also want to be a credible journalist and and so if something isn't good and I say that it's good, that damages my credibility. Um, I will say the majority of my reviews have been positive, but that's genuinely because the material is good mm-hmm. here so, 98% uh, of the time. I have given a couple of bad reviews. Um, and I try to, I, I try to like say what is good, you know, about it. But I, you know, and journalistic integrity is, is important to me. Um, and, I don't want anybody to think that I I'm just writing, you know, things to to be nice or because I want people to like me, you know. Mm-hmm. I I I value being being honest when I write. Great. Okay. So, <laughs> now let's talk a little bit about this creative stuff and we're going to have you play one of your songs. Okay. This is really <laughs> cool. So, I have a couple questions for you. Um mm-hmm. actually Part of the question is, um, you know, your what you think of creativity. And I found some quote from you. Oh, man, you've been doing your research. <laughs> <laughs> in some kind of book somewhere. 
Where you you said something like uh, the struggle to make meaning is what makes us human. You found my NYU piece. Oh man, <laughs> I am a super sleuth on the internet. This is this is something not everybody knows about me. It's my secret power. I'm a super sleuth on the internet. So, um, mm-hmm. so you had this little piece in there in uh, an excerpt from something that you had written that you were. I mean, that's actually pretty cool, right? That you were quoted from some, I guess, student essay. Yes. Um, so that was my first major uh, published work um, in that writing class. I told you about my freshman year. Everybody in the school has to take it. And they um, they compile like the best essays into a book, a textbook called Mercer Street that they then use to teach the next round of kids taking that class the next year. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my essay made it into the 2011 version of the book. That's nice. It's what an honor, huh? Thank you. Yeah, no, it was cool. it was really cool to see my name in actual print. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so in this, in the context of this, you were kind of explaining that um, perception of things is not just it's not just receiving that information. Right. You're always um, you're always being in an act of creation. Right. Explain this. You're always in an act of creation when you, even when you're understanding something. Right, because whatever you know, whatever input that you're taking in, everybody's going to to have a different background of memories and feelings and experiences uh, that is going to form a lens that you view it through. So you know, there's actually a great uh, Dave Grohl quote that I just thought of, and he's like, "What I love about being a musician is that I can sing a song to sixty five thousand people, and they'll sing it back to me for sixty five thousand different reasons." Oh, and that's a cool um, quote. Dave, Dave Grohl's an awesome dude. Um, but but that's kind of alluding to what I'm talking about. Like no matter no matter what, whether you're listening to a song, watching a performance, watching a movie, watching a TV show, you're going. You might be viewing the same thing as someone else, but you're not. You guys don't have the same memories. You don't have the same experiences. You don't have the same feelings. Mm-hmm. So it's going to. It might affect you similarly, but it's never going to be exactly the same. When you're creating things. So now we're going to hear an original piece that you wrote yes. in a little bit. So what is the process of writing like for you? And I also am wondering too, like about how that interacts with what your thoughts about what you just um, explained. So you mean writing songs, right? Writing songs. Yeah, I guess I mean writing songs. Yeah. Things where you feel vulnerable. Yeah, definitely. Um, I even the even the articles I write, there's a little bit of vulnerability in there because I tend to, like you said, go really deep with it, with my understanding of it and everything. Um, but as far as writing songs, um, it's it's again, it's it's kind of a more personal thing. Um, a couple like last summer, uh, one of my uh, one of my very early articles for Sound Scene. I was writing about this play, The Lion, that was playing at City Theater. And it was about this, um, it was like a one-man show, and he wrote all the songs for it. And so we taught like a songwriting class uh, before the show earlier in the day. And um, he he passed on the best songwriting advice that he ever got, which was, um, if you want to write a good song, write what you don't want other people to know about you. If you want to write a great song, write what you don't want to know about yourself. Mm. And... It's interesting in the fact that a lot of times the the deeply, deeply personal stuff, the stuff that makes the most powerful songs, like that's what gets people. That's what resonates with people because even though, like I said before, everybody's exact experiences are different. Um, the feelings that, you know, 
they evoke, you know, can be the same. And it's and that's like kind of the power of music. It's comforting. It makes you realize that you're not alone. So, yeah, the songs that that I write, they tend to come from those pretty um, personal and vulnerable places. And that can make it a little scary uh, to perform them. But it doesn't feel real otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's where that authentic thing comes from. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, your observation about um, how people receive music is helpful, I think, probably. I mean, it it (laughs) helps me think, oh, I should write how I'm feeling in those scary deep ways because because everybody takes it differently. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm sharing a piece of myself and they get something from it. But also it's also kind of like they don't know. They don't totally know the real secret. Sure. And I'm not saying that every every song has to be this super deep, dark, like emotionally like raw thing, because obviously there's a place for really happy and fun. Shaky booty kind of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's, you know, without those songs, life would be way less enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me personally, um, and again, having just the acoustic guitar makes it a little challenging to write this super kind of upbeat booty shaking songs singer songwriter (laughs) kind of lends itself more to to the more uh vulnerable sort of songwriting yeah totally agree and plus like there's nowhere to hide nope (laughs) just you and the guitar you and the guitar yep (laughs) Um, so what song are you going to play for us today i'm going to play um one of my more recent ones uh i wrote it about a year ago because i've been writing so much for sound scene writing songs has been kind of on the back burner um Mm -hmm. So this one is called Make It Easy. Okay. And like, where were you when you wrote it? What were you doing? I was... I was kind of coming off of... um, Shocker. Heartbreak. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Not cliche at all. Like Um, 99.9% of my songs are sad heartache songs, so you you know that's when you need to process things the most that's when you need to express things the most um but i was just kind of so i don't know if you can relate to this but i from my experience of being kind of a very creative and passionate and expressive person um sometimes that um in women especially that that can scare people away mm-hmm. um because you can be kind of more upfront and honest about things and that can be intimidating to to some people and so that's um that's kind of i'd come off an experience where that is what seemed to have happened and it was it was born out of a place of frustration because well i don't know how not to be this way Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what the song is about then right Send it underground If it comes around Uncomplicated look on your face Because he says Your sincerity is embarrassing Won't you lie to me and make it easy Learn to simplify a cookie cutter life because he'll 
that it shows your loneliness. I know you'll only end up more alone. It's hard as not a To the floor, same it's fiery core, or else you might scare them all away with your flames. Feed his ego of the sea Simplify a cookie cutter life because he'll run away from strife. And if you choose to let it show your loneliness, I know you'll only end up more alone. His heart is not a Sometimes it's hard that struggle It could leave him scarred So we won't try You'll have to lie Learn to let it go Your lungs fill up with smoke And on your stifled words you choke But he won't run away So smile while you decay Or like a ghost he'll fade That was really beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, actually, it's, I really thought your voice was, um, it really contained, it felt really intimate because it contained this vulnerability, but in this way that was really sweet. And thank you, you articulate your, the ends of your words. So like, you know, when you say smoke and choke, like I can hear that, but it's, you're so, you're also so quiet. You know, and thank it, you. It evokes... Choir, honestly, that's where that, that came from. Is yes, that that's from. Yes, um, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because I was a little worried I didn't do that with with all of them. No, so that's yeah, good. no, it was it was great. <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask you about your guitar because sure. it has whales on it. <laughs> it does. Yes, this What's is the story um, of your guitar. So full disclosure. Um, this is my dad's guitar. Oh, um, I felt yeah. like I had, I had like not a dad vibe in a bad way, but like I was like, 
I just felt like she's playing daddy's guitar. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so yeah, this is a tack meme. Um, and um, the one I have at home um, is a little older. And, uh, you know, it's it it still works and everything, but this one is just a little nicer. So when I go mm-hmm. out and play, I like to use it if I can. Um, but, yeah, it's a it's a limited edition run, if I understand correctly. It's been a while since I've heard the story. And I think there are only, like, 250 of, like, this exact design, oh, like, like in the whole it. world. I have yeah. to describe it to the listeners. It's very subtle, actually, on the around the hole. Um, there's, like, these whales that are, like, encircling the hole and they meet at the bottom. It says 2002, I think, kind of. Let me see. I don't know if it, that's intentional or if it's just like wow. wavy lines that look like a 2002. You know what? It might be 2002, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It says, okay, I'm looking at the label inside it right now. It says limited edition 2002. And the label inside also has a whale on it. Oh, my God. And so like there's like this shell inlay or some pearl, mother of pearl inlay or something. And then mm-hmm. on the fretboard, as you go down the fretboard, there's a depiction of a whale like kind of like jumping out. Swimming along, and yeah. Like jumping back in and swimming into the water. I just... Mm-hmm. I mean, I want that guitar <laughs> real bad. I wish it was mine. <laughs> I like to, I like that I get to use it every open mic night. Yeah, see, and, now uh, it's my new goal to, if I ever get good enough a guitar, I'll buy myself one of those somewhere on eBay for $1 million. <laughs> memes are really good. It doesn't have to necessarily be the whale brand to get the same. It doesn't want, get the same effects, but want, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> is it shallow of me that I want the whales more than this is a good sound? <laughs> That's why I'm not a guitar player, you see. <laughs> Not a real hey. one yet until I'm like all excited about. I don't know, man. I've seen some really serious guitarists. You know, obviously they care about the sound, but they put a lot of effort into the appearance of the guitar yeah. as well. It's mm-hmm. it's it's something to, you know, take it's some pride in. And it's fun. Guitars are really cool. They make they you are. look cool. I wish I had an electric guitar. That's, you know, that would be the next kind of instrumental goal, I think, to get a proper yeah. uh, amp electric guitar pedal board. Pedal boards confound mm-hmm. me because you can do so much with them. But I'm just like, how? How do how do you do that? Yeah, I, I want to learn how to do that. You start playing around with it, and then you get <laughs> lost in your looper. Some, pe- some people I've seen pedal boards with like thirty different things on them. It's crazy. Yeah, you just need one to start, though. Yeah, but as soon as you get one, you <laughs> you're start, gonna want to get. You more. start buying more. Yeah, that's the curse of the pedals. Yes, <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> that's when you know it's really begun. Mm-hmm. All your money lost into your instruments. Right. So um, just to touch back again on like which something you said earlier about, uh, you know, some maybe a future future goal being like having a band that would play with you or something like that. I honestly think maybe. you could take a song like that and a handful of other ones and make you could make if you had a little cash, <laughs> you could make a little EP. I, you know, musicians who would play with you, who would be able to play really beautifully with you on it and turn that into Thank something. You. All you need on that track is like. Like iron, some percussion. An iron and wine style, like some little brushes in the background. That's a great you know? idea. Yeah. And like maybe a couple, maybe like a real soft harmony with it. That would be cool. Yeah. And honestly, another kind of facet to that, I would love to get into kind of, I would love to be like the voice on like an electronic song, like electronically mm. produced song, because I listen to a lot of that kind of music. And um, I just think it would be so cool to to be able to be a part of a song like that. Now, what artist? I know this is a little off track because it's a. Uh, not sorry, music, I, I'm like, rambling here. No, it's good. Like, what's your artist? What, who's in your CD player? Your virtual CD player? Non-local. Um, well, or just of the electronic stuff that you're just referring to. Um, so, um, well, Tycho is uh, ambient electronic, so it doesn't really have vocals. Um, Purity Ring uh, is is a prominent kind of electronic pop artist that i really admire mm-hmm. 
I try to think because I have like a huge Spotify playlist full of them, but it's like all different random artists that I haven't really mm-hmm. dove in. Di- like dove, I haven't dove. I, I have not dived. dived. I don't. I don't know what the right phrasing is there. Given. I should know this. I'm a writer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I don't know it either. I think it uh, dived. Maybe, maybe. I haven't dived into it. That sounds right. That sounds that right. Does sound Let's go right. with it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's a bunch of like um, kind of one or two songs like from each artist. Okay, a couple are coming to mind now that I'm talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ritual, Handsome Ghost. Um, okay, there's the only two that came uh-huh. to mind. That was writing about the, was that writing about the wall right there and then yes. getting to it. There we yeah. go. Coming hey, back around. It works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and on that note, um, thank you so much for coming in to talk with us on our show. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a really good time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a really interesting perspective um on the music scene here in Pittsburgh, seen from kind of the outside but the inside too. So you're there for everything. <laughs> Truly. Do my best. Okay, so yeah. So where can people find your writing and anything else you want people to pay attention to? So um, I write for Soundscene Express, and you can find my pieces on soundscenexpress.com, spelled exactly like you think it would be. Um, And if you search my name, you'll find you'll find my pieces that way. There's a little handy search bar at the top. Um, And I post my. I'm working on building a website right now, but it's it's way harder than I thought it would be, and I haven't haven't gotten there yet but um my instagram is where i post um the concert photos that i'm most proud of and that is melanie dot stangle because melanie stangle was already taken mm-hmm. so it's melanie dot stangle that's my instagram and i uh post my concert photos there if you want to check those out awesome and that's stangle s-t-a-n-g-l oh thank you yes i forget people don't know how to spell it they always yeah. want to put an e on it yes my last name is s T-A-N-G-L. Yeah, so check out her Instagram. Definitely go to Sound Scene Express and read her articles. She has many, many for you to read and you will feel like you're there. You'll feel like you were at the concert. You'll want to go to one. Thank you. You should. Go to concerts, people. Support support yourself. (laughs) Thanks so much, Melanie. It was great talking to you. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to Petticoat Rule, galvanizing women in musical creativity. The views and opinions expressed during the show are solely those of persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the producers. Subscribe and find more information and episodes at petticoatrule.net. Follow us on Facebook at Petticoat Rule and on Instagram and Twitter at Petticoat Rule FM. Yeah.